When you listen it's to the Desmond. show, if we no, are wrong, I'm Desmond. Or we don't Correct. Know what we're yeah, about, you're supposed to answer well. That's how we do this sometimes. No, no. No, okay. Twitter, so let's uh, take two. No, no, we're just going with that first one. It's good. <laughs> the people know who we are. It's in the title. That's, I mean, that's true. That's true. Jump on the uh, hey, guys. Go to the We're here. It's another iteration. Uh, yes, iteration of gangsters. Gangsters, indeed. Some gangsterism and criming like none other. Let me assert my firm belief okay. that the only it's thing much right there we have to fear is fear itself. Today, Shalom is going to teach us about who? Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans this one. Maybe he walked around with jelly beans and he was at the crime scene and stuff. like, nah, see? Nah, I got these jelly beans. Stay? Nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea, and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like wired beer bottles and shake the high. Yeah, in 1930, the Republican control of House of Representatives and effort to eliminate the effect of the anyone, anyone, great depression. A man of yeah, man, New York was the main streets. I don't no, know. no, I get that. I'm saying it's as wild as you could get in New York. Cause I'm pretty sure you could have like dropped a kid off in the Yukon. I mean, I guess you could have been like, "This is the real wild." Yeah, tough. See if you make it, Christopher yeah. McCandless style. You know, into the wild. I mean, no, they didn't do anything like that. Thing, exactly. So, so he, he's he's a city tough. Yeah, not not, not, city not, tough. not not farm strong or anything. Um, farm strong. Was that a shout out to? Uh, Somebody in, in past life? No. No? No, farm strong is just like, you know, when you work on a farm or a ranch, you get you get the Abe Lincoln muscles. No, they bro. call that cock strong, don't they? No, no one calls that that. I thought that's what that was called. <laughs> that's a totally different subject. I feel like I'm not, I don't want to touch that. Oh, ah, that's what she said? What? <laughs> I know. No, I'm just saying like, I'll be, I'll be real honest. Uh, other than the phrase cock of the walk, I don't think anyone says cock on a farm like that. And, and and I was like, well, that boy sure is a cock. Like, no one does that, bro. Like, we don't refer to roosters or chicken. Like, what? I'm not the best, you know, I'm not the best version of a country dude. Yeah, I'm from I'm from I'm from Montana, which is which pretty is not the country, pretty backwoods for here, right? No, mm. it's so, I mean, well, it's Indian country, but and then you know, I spend my summers, you know, doing stuff on, on a non-working farming ranch, just yeah. hanging out. Apparently hurling. I didn't know that uh, people don't play this sport here, but we had nothing better to do. Like, there's a crab apple tree out there. I love crab apples. Right. Well, you know, I they're not. think you're supposed to eat them. You, you can. They're not. They're not made for them. I don't yeah. think. I mean, we have better options now as a society. <laughs> but we used to take them because they're pretty hardy. You know, like yeah. Uh, and we would throw them down the dirt road mm-hmm. and see who could get to the end of the dirt road. They also we call that bowling if you. Put yeah. Yeah. But we would you just do it for distance. Yeah. So you try to see who could either go the farthest or make it in the least number of throws. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not something that, like, no, they're like, that's a country-ass game. The other day when I told them that, I was like, is it? Because I feel like that would be a game that anyone with an object of throw would be like, that I can get it there before you. Yeah. I, I apparently, no. I agree with you. But so, no, Schultz never played any of these games like that that I know of that I was able to find in the research. He didn't, he didn't go hurling or bowling? No, he didn't go hurling or bowling, but he did drop out of school to support <laughs> the family. What kind of a job did he get? Was what? it like, shoeshine boy? So he was underdog? My dad was a shoeshine boy. Like, shoeshine boy's um, cover was a cover for underdog. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying, like... When criminals hey, in this world are free, right this wrong? No, I, I, know, I know what yeah. underdog is. I'm just saying, like... 
Was he a shoeshine boy? That was a legitimate question. Far in there for underdog. Because this is what, 19 teens or something like that? Yes. So yes. they have they have shoeshine boys. My I dad mean, was a shoeshine boys in like the, the 60s. And Andy Dwyer was a shoeshine boy like during Parks and Rec. Shoeshine boys exist. I mean, I, I agree. They do exist. But no, he didn't get a job uh-huh. like most others. In fact, <laughs> he started robbing and petty or he started robbing petty crime gambling and gambling rackets like craps. And he also had an, an avid interest in breaking into homes. <laughs> an avid interest. An in avid interest. <laughs> um, okay, so quick question. Yeah. Now, most of the kids we talk about when they drop out of school in these kind of shows, they're like 12 or 13. So, I'm like, is this how are we talking about like a preteen, just like a newsies type kid, just like breaking into your house and rummaging through your things? Yeah. In fact, he was, wow. he was uh, around 17 is when he got caught. 17 years old is about the time he got caught, and he got sentenced to prison in New York. Uh, but he only served about 17 months. Now, in this time frame, he was he was one of these criminals who was really difficult to deal with. So he got moved from prison to prison, but all in the Oh, New you York say area. when he got when he got caught. He right. Was, so they were just like patting him around, playing hot potato with him? I mean, they were. I mean, they, right. yeah. Well, I was just wondering. I mean, that's how they did it back then. I don't know. I, I'm also wondering about your spelling of rackets here. Because <laughs> as far as I know, that would be a tennis racket, not a gambling racket. That is correct. Okay. Well, I just, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. I'll edit cool. that part out, but I was just like, <laughs> why is it spelled racket? Like Shalom's like trying so hard. He's like, racket. I've researched this well. It's like, there's even another spelling. It's just the French spelling. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still, that's how you're supposed to spell like tennis racket. I, I, I'm aware. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't proofread this before I... No, I don't. Don't worry about that. I never proofread anything. I just kept going. So we, as we've seen, many of the gangsters that we've covered this season obtain their nicknames from uh, that no one else will call them face-to-face, you know, like yeah, Frank but, Jellybean Nash. Well, I think they probably did call him Jellybean. I think that he liked that because uh, it's like, I'm snazzy. No, I, I think we covered it and we talked about how he didn't want to be called Jellybean. We, uh, we even specifically said that. Was, I don't think it was him. I think it was the other. I know Babyface didn't like it. I Machine Gun them. obviously wanted to be called yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he was a gimmick. Scar, Scarface Al Capone will not want to be called Definitely that. not. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Uh, you know, there's people. Charlie Berger didn't need a nickname because I mean, he's like, I'm goddamn Charlie Berger. I mean, yeah, that's a true story. But uh, Dutch Schultz, I could see him getting a nickname and being like, please call me it because my real name is Arthur Fliggenheimer. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. But uh, so, so the point is. That no, his nickname was one that was a little different. He actually got his nickname after being released from jail by some friends who were earlier in or who were in jail with him earlier, and they had kind of seen his propensity for violence and aggravation of the the uh, the uh, I guess the inmates and the staff. Okay, but my my question being, how does that become Dutch, Dutch Schultz? Schultz? So, and that's a good question, Dutch. Like, so Dutch, there was another gangster of the era or, or prior to him that had the name Dutch Schultz, and he was known for being aggressive and violent. Oh, so it's kind of the Charlie Bronson thing. Right. And so they oh, gave okay. him the name. Man, yeah, you're kind of like Dutch Schultz. We're going to call you Dutch Schultz from here on out. I mean, they probably didn't speak in that accent. but They probably did. I mean, if they, they might have. But that was the point. That's kind of where he got the name. And since he, was, he also was aggressive and had a, a propensity for violence, well, there you go. After he got out of jail, um, his his main focus was, you know, trying to make money again, right? And I guess you can't go back to robbing houses. Well, you can. I, I, I mean, mean, you totally can. You just be like, well, see you guys. 
You know of any good uh, people going on vacation this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I guess they could have, man. But they, he didn't. He actually drove alcohol trucks during the early 20s. Oh, so for, prohibition. Yeah, like, prohibition. exactly. So he's already illegal. It's not like he was driving trucks like, I've got a good legal job. No, no, no. He never went. From my understanding, I never found a point in time where he went legit. Well. He was, he was definitely not too legit to quit. Yeah. Shout out to MC Hammer. But uh, he, he started driving trucks for a gentleman by the name of Arnold Rothstein. He was Ooh. also a gang a gangster who had been yeah. rumored to rig the 19, 1919 World Series. Arnold Rothstein's a beast, actually, in the yeah. underworld. He's one of those uh, brainiac gangsters. Oh, I gotta love those. Those are like my favorite type of gangsters. Yeah, to he's talk more about. Lex Luthor than uh, Babyface. Okay. You know what I mean? He, he's the type of dude that was like, yeah. I'm gonna rig the World Series and just make a shit ton of money off of it. Which is a great idea. Or I'll arrange ship shipping lanes mm-hmm. and I'll just offer protection so I don't get caught with alcohol. Now he did other things, but he did that. That was also part of his plan. He had his fingers in a lot of uh, uh, criminal eyes. enterprise. Oh, okay. No, he was he was he was he's a big name in New York. So here's a question I have for you, and and this is something that I I think I've always wondered but never had the answer to. Why in the world is it illegal? To rig games like sporting events and whatnot. Like if you're a player on one of these teams and you throw the game, you can get prison time for that. Mm-hmm. And and my question is why? It is a game. It is well, a game. Well, I mean, the, the obvious answer is because it's against the rules. Uh, then throw you out of the game. Ban well, I mean, the but league. the rules say that that's it. But the other thing is because they allow, allow gambling, I'm sure the rules are in there pretty harsh. You're now breaking a, another law. It's like you just because you're playing basketball doesn't mean well it doesn't say I can't murder him. So if I just happen to have this machete, <laughs> no, that's too, that's if too I have this fun. machete and I just yeah, it's part of the game. That's not how street ball. But works. I'm saying, that's but totally if it, different. but I'm saying mm. you can't just use the excuse it's a game to get away with like any crime. Like well, no, Muggsy Bowes couldn't have like took off in the middle of break and gone like robbed a robbed a bank, came back, but like I'm oh, no, 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 I was on the bench. No, I'm still part of the game. No, but, but my point is in in this regard. You um, you're you're rigging a game. Let's say let's say you convince somebody to throw the game. They throw the game. You know they throw the game. You go to them and well, that's what happened in the 1919 series. Those right. the White Sox, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson and Co. They they supposedly rigged the games of the World Series so they would you know lose and well, interesting enough, it's actually not illegal to rig the game if you are the officiating body, which is to say the NBA can't get in trouble for rigging NBA games. Huh. Or the NFL can't get in trouble for rigging NFL games. All right. They're allowed to make changes to the rules and other things in their own interests. Hmm. Usually meaning monetarily or entertainment value or whatever you want to call it. That's not to say things are scripted because there's a lot of talent. and I mean, you can't control where a ball is going to fly or making every shot. It's easier to say I won't do things than I will do things. But Hmm. for the most part... It's also the fact of the integrity of the game. If you knew people were fixing games, how interested are you in watching it? Because you're not seeing two peak athletes compete or two peak teams compete. You're going to the WWE and watching a scripted show. I mean, now that you mention that. Not to say that they aren't athletes and they aren't doing that, but it's all written somewhere. It's already decided. It's Mm. already you're watching it for something else. Whereas the baseball game is supposed to be a victory 
of two teams of men coming together, battling each other. It's like gladiatorial combat for a day and age. I mean, yeah, no, no, that's, I'm saying that's, that's where, and that's where we, I agree with you on this. And I wish we would add things like, you know, potholes in, in football fields, you know, like, <laughs> no, spikes, I mean, like spikes and stuff. I really want to see some serious injury. And let me you want to play, you want to play blitz. No, I want to play mutant league football. Oh, that's and what I was going to say, but I didn't think you knew it. I absolutely don't. And I, and I think that that would be, that would entice the game. I mean, it would make me as a, as a watch, as a spectator, want to spend more money spectating on the game because then. But no one would want to play it. That's the problem. I mean, for the exorbitant amounts of money that they make. Yeah, but the problem is, like, they already make those open amount of money. It's like you can play regular NFL football and make $20 million, or you can play Mutant League football, and we'll inject you with, uh, you know, horse horse steroids and uh, a bunch of nuclear resin, and you'll grow a third arm, and you'll be able to throw for four miles. Uh, it, it'll be $25 million. You You couldn't play in the NFL. Uh, normally, you, you, you're... you're you're blind in one eye, and and you have a you know, you have a twenty four forty. You're not gonna you're, you're not gonna play in the NFL. But if we pump you full of these, you pretty much become Captain America. Well, maybe the Toxic Avenger, but and you're and you're gonna you're gonna play for four games. By the way, your lifespan is probably six games, so give or take. Look, all I'm gonna say is if we can't sell the lingerie lingerie, lingerie league, football, yeah. Then I don't think Mutant League football. Like men, men don't pay enough money right now to sell out stadiums for for women in their underwear playing where boobs pop out. I don't think we're going to pay to see a dude that totally on steroids. Don't get me wrong; I've had the same thoughts because yeah. when baseball was going through the steroid era, I was like, you know what? We should just take out the ban. Just yeah. let these guys juice. <laughs> I'm serious. Do they all look like? Do they all look like beef cattle? And then. Just smash the shit out of the ball, yeah. And, and you know what? We'll just get a measuring tape, and that'll become part of the spectators. Like it's no longer who can hit the most; it's who can hit the farthest. Like there you go. And who's got the fastest time around the bases? Which pitcher is yeah. up to 120 miles an hour? Like that, that's what we need to do. Well, so anyway, getting back on topic. We, that wasn't the topic. I, I mean, thought my, I thought we were talking about mutant league football. I mean, we didn't need to have a show on that. I, I think personally, I think it'd be great. He's like the Black Sox and fixing games is not important. So to answer your general question, uh, games can be fixed. They usually shouldn't be because of the integrity of the game. That's the answer as to why. The real reason why you get thrown in jail is you, you're breaking the law. So yeah, which I think is completely asinine. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Bam, bam. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. So Sh- Schultz. Was he a part of uh, this whole Rothstein's gambit? To no, no, he wasn't. But he oh. he worked for Rothstein, and that was kind of the neat thing. Is he also through his work, he got to know a few up and coming gangsters like himself. You know, Charles Lucky Luciano, good guy. Uh, Meyer Lansky, another good guy. Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, good guy. Yeah, and it was like a party for organized crime. I mean, or like the like the varsity team. You know, you get it's together. called a gang. I mean, yeah, that that's true. That's true. Or a mob, and they 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 work together for a common goal. <laughs> right, with exactly. a hierarchy. That's why he worked for it. Uh, true, true story. I like I like how you're like, yes, I've invented this new idea of viewing the criminal world as an organized <laughs> unit. Hey, but it's a party because there are multiple people that are organized together. It's going to revolutionize how we consider. Uh, we should sell this. <laughs> I think we should sell it to the criminal enterprise. Oh, man. 
Anyway, by the late 1920s, Schultz decided that he'd had enough interning of the business and wanted to start his own bootleg. Wait a minute, so he was working for free? Uh, just because you intern doesn't mean you work for free. That, that, is, that is an alleged statement and, and also the old school method of interning. Where you, where you, actually, what you're describing is somebody as an apprentice. No, I'm, I'm describing an intern. You're describing an apprentice. Okay, so. (laughs) I'm just saying, most, there are paid internships. And this is one of them. Okay. Because most don't work for free. But, but apprentices are usually that. Unless you're talking really old school when you're like a blacksmith. That's kind of when I think of apprentice, that's what I think. It's always a blacksmith. Always a blacksmith. Never a sorcerer. No sorcerer's apprentice. No, man. Absolutely not. And and by the way, Nicolas Cage is a horrible actor. I love that movie, actually. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I just, apprentices always gets me because it's usually like, we're going to sell you to this man and he will teach you the ways of blacksmithing and one day you'll be free. Really? Yes. When you turn 28, but our life expectancy is only 30. Good luck. <laughs> Those two years will be great years for you. Have at it. Yeah. <laughs> now, can I have my cabbage? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you traded me for a cabbage? Yes. Where yes. do you think cabbage patch children come from? Oh, man. Apprenticeships being oh. sold for heads of cabbage. God, it's so bad. It's dark, but it was a dark age. <sighs> they lived it. Aha, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So anyway. Not a historian, though. He wanted to get in the business, or he wanted to get out of the interning piece, and then go into running things on his own. So what he did was he became his own bootlegger, and he was a supplier of many New York speakeasies. Now, the speakeasies were forced to buy alcohol from Schultz due to his tactics. This is also where I think that he deserves the name. Okay. The name of Dutch Schultz? Yeah. He was more Dutch Schultz than the original Dutch Dutch Schultz. Schultz, Exactly. Who was given that name. Exactly. He's Dutch Schultz the second or reincarnated or whatever. No, no, not Junior. The second. Like Donkey Kong Junior. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I could see that. But he would make you an offer that you couldn't refuse. And if you did refuse, you wouldn't be in business long. My guess is that an, (laughs) an illegitimate business owner... You couldn't go to the cops, you know, and tell them, hey, right, right. I'm being extorted, you know? Right, right. No, no. It's the same idea behind, like, Stick Up Kid, you know, where we're going to go rob the weed man because the weed man can't call the cops. Exactly. All yeah. right. If Schultz was aggressive to his customers, he was extreme to his comp- his competition. Now, Desmond, let me ask you something. You know, you know me, and I'm no stranger to the satisfaction of revenge, right? Sure. Okay. I mean, I get great satisfaction from seeing revenge happen on some folks when when I have I have been wronged. I guess or no. they have been wrong. No, I get that, uh, but I do have, I do have a question here. Okay, you keep talking about how violent he is and how he got the name for violence. Yeah, and how he was in prison, he was hard to handle. I mean, there's a rule. Yeah, not following the rule. Mm-hmm. Show don't tell. How was this man violent? What what was it that he did? That you're selling me on here because okay. right now I feel like you're machine gun killing. You know what? I can I can appreciate that, and I'm going to tell you that this guy takes it beyond the level, the next level. Uh, I read a story where he kidnapped one of his rivals named John Rock. That's a good name. I, I, I mean, I guess, but he hung him by his thumbs from a meat hook. And then How big were the dude's thumbs? Dude, Wait a minute, did, did, did they put the meat hook from his thumbs or did he like tie his thumbs and then put the meat hook on? Oh. You know, I wasn't there, but the fact of the matter is his thumbs... We're in, like, I mean, they took... He was tied up by his thumb. Right. 
possibly threw them with a meat hook. Exactly. I'm going to assume he, he like thumb tied him and then hung it. I'm going to assume. Because that would be huge thumbs. I don't think a guy that has thumbs that are big enough to stick a meat hook through. Well, I mean, but if you stick a meat hook through, like, I don't think that, that's, that, that, that's the palm. I mean, that's that, a yeah, hand. that is and, part and, of no, the no, no, that's, that's not the thumb. Run. I'm thinking this guy's thumb <laughs> is this <laughs> big. Like, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Shoeless Joe Thumb or whatever? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the guy with the cartoon character with a giant thumb? No, no, the guy from the old uh, Blockbuster ads where I've been playing all summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. playing the video game controller. But that's, so that's this guy. That was his granddad. So yeah, exactly. hung up on a meat hook. On a meat hook. Then yeah. took some gonorrhea-infected gauze and forcefully covered Rock's eyes, causing him to go blind. All right, yeah. Dude, this guy is fucking ruthless. I'm telling you. Because I... Here's what I... Here's I mean, what I, here's hold what on. I, can I get a mic drop? No, no. I, mean, I don't I think it's that bad, drop? but... You don't think it's that bad to I don't think it's a mic dude. drop. I don't think it's a mic drop. Here's the thing. If we, if, we knew the, if we knew the meat hook and went through the man's hands, I'd give him a lot more points. Secondly, the worst part of this isn't the kidnapping. It isn't the blind. It's where he got the gonorrhea-infected gauze from. Because did he rob... Like, I just imagine him either robbing a doctor's office yeah. or just, like, going to some prostitute and being like, 20 bucks, here's a roll. Come back to me. Like... What do you, what do you, how do you get gonorrhea infected gauze, bro? (laughs) That's a good question. I I didn't ask. I wasn't there. (laughs) But I'll tell you for sure that in my mind, this epitomizes, this, this epitomizes gangster right here and and the the art of revenge that's, that's what you okay the maybe revenge. revenge gangsters you know what i think about gangsters i don't think about bootlegging or robbing or crime or you know what i think about making a man go blind with gonorrhea while you got him hanging from a hook i mean legit the man said he has he has enemies right he's got, not even enemies he's got he's got legitimate competition and he takes this competition and says fuck that noise and what we're going to do next is we're going to take make sure that you're not competition anymore. Would you be in competition with this man after that? Well, no, because I'd be blind. I, and I, no, no, but, but I'm saying, like, if true, true story. But, like, if you were the next in line running the, comp- the competitor's line. Oh, I would have firebombed him. You would have firebombed him. I'm, I'm a straight war guy. Like, yeah. I don't have this bullshit of terror. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not a terrorist type. I have no Al-Qaeda in me. I have to go straight to, like, scorched earth. Wow. Like Way to go, Sherman. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. where. It's like, oh, he did? Uh, well, he's going to retaliate against us. Probably, probably. But uh, I think we should just find out where, you know, where his crew hangs out, uh, where family lives, and just burn a cigarette. There's other people there. It's like, yeah, but he'll get to business. So I couldn't be a gangster because it would be horrible for the uh-huh. entire world. I, I agree with you. I go, I go hunt style on him. Like just, yeah, but I think there should be like certain rules. And I think there were, in a sense, to certain different different gangsters. Like you didn't hurt women or children. But some gangsters went outside those rules, and I I kind of feel like that was that was bad. You know, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, meat hooks and gonorrhea as a, a revenge tactic are probably probably not the you know the best way to not get somebody to break the rules. Yeah. So Schultz kind of moving into territory and whatnot, trying to make a name for himself in the criming. You know, one often has to go to war with prominent figures figures in the community. I mean, is that fair? Well, I did. I just said that I would total. I mean, I'm Shogun. I'm total warfare. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's I'm cool. Good. I get that. And that. So I agree. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. how all gangsters should do. Well, they so, should go straight Charlie Burton on ass. So I mean, I feel like Schultz did a lot of that and living up to that name and the challenge that he just did. You know, I mean, he took. He accepted the challenge using takeovers of Legs Diamond and Vincent Mad Dog Cole 
as uh, a way to uh, establish himself. He he murdered, he allegedly, let me go ahead and put that out there, murdered Legs Diamond in 1931 and Vincent Mad Dog Cole in 1932. That was his work, allegedly. I mean, sure. I mean, I don't know how big those operations were, so I don't know, like, yeah. what uh, I've heard of Legs Diamond. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I, for me, as a as an audience member here, yeah, it's all right. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel that he like brought the thunder. Like if you were like, whenever they go back and they get their old boss, it's like, and then he threw. He made Arnold Rothstein like dig his own grave. Oh, and then climb into it, and then backed over it and just let the car exhaust kill him. Oh, by running the car on top. I'm like all right, yeah. I, I still feel like this guy with with the whole gonorrhea bandages. It's one instance, all right? I want to know if I meet him on the street, like, what's he going to do? Is he going to be like, well, wait until I can kidnap you and put gonorrhea on some bandages. Oh, when Big Sally gets done with her last customer and I can get up there with 20 when bucks. Big you're, Sally. You're in trouble. When Big Sally. Oh, Look, man. guys that are going to gonorrhea prostitutes don't have high standards. I mean, I guess that's so. true. Good point. So some of the gangsters we've covered this season... Went into bank robbing after the Prohibition era ended, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Some go to Vegas. Some go to Vegas, right? But Schultz had a different idea. With help from Otto Berman, Schultz moved into the, into Harlem and kind of tried to take over the numbers game that they had running there. He also continued to extort money from local unions and was involved in gambling operations such as slot machines and fixing odds at racetrack, uh, building his yearly income for those endeavors to over several million. Now I didn't get an exact figure, but Several million is what I what I saw in, in most. Well, I would tell you, it's actually millions is good. You you, you got a comfortable yeah. world of living in the nineteen twenties uh, and thirties with millions of I, dollars. I agree. Look at that man, all oh, rich with his steak dinner and his top hat and cane. I bet he gets a nickel a week. And then this dude's like millions. Yeah, millions. So, Des, let me ask you uh, something. What what are, what are the two constant things in life? Uh, in the nineteen twenties or now? Man, just answer the question. What? I, okay, so so now, even now, even now, yeah, even they, now. they rang they rang true back then as well. Oh, oh, now I'm not. Uh, blood is thicker than water. Oh, okay, that's one rule, yeah. and the other one is uh, homie, don't play. Man, I totally agree with you. But I, we were looking for death and taxes. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Uh, I think gangsters don't pay taxes. I wonder yeah. this. So uh, that's usually not not what they do. Yeah. No, not not doesn't hold true because they don't. It's not constant. They don't well, pay taxes. No, it is constant. The death and taxes still exist. They just choose oh, to evade. Yeah, them. yeah, but I could have said apples and oranges because they exist. So, so you're saying death and taxes are constant because you can never escape them. Correct. And three guesses who didn't pay attention to their taxes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess the Flying Dutchman because every gangster <laughs> I've ever come across this season has been like, you know what, taxes. I yeah. should just not pay those. Uh, exactly. In 1933, Schultz was indicted for tax evasion. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that was a hard time. I mean, but that's the time period. Um, we'll probably talk about it with several gangsters. But that's the time period, the early 30s, mm-hmm. when the uh, the government was like, how do we get these guys? They're horrible. They're yeah. scourged, but they're they're so well entrenched. And then they realize, huh, taxes. They don't pay taxes. And I expected him to hire high-dollar attorneys to fight the charge. But instead, he went into hiding. 
I personally expected him to come out and be like, yeah, you want to charge me with tax evasion? That's fine. I got these lawyers. They're going to come in and they're going to solve the Right, problems. but the problem is they're going to be like, yeah, but we're arresting Arresting the lawyers? No, arresting him. And they might have. But instead, he went into hiding. And he, the only reason he came out of hiding is because the FBI made him public enemy number one in 1934. Uh, and so he turned himself in because it beats getting gunned down, I guess. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I, Freedom's I mean, just another word. I mean, I guess. And this is where I think that Schultz doesn't get enough credit. I think that he, he might be smarter than a lot of people think. The man was tried twice. The first trial ended in a mistrial, possibly due to his involvement with the jury tampering. No, I mean, that's a legend. And the second was moved to a smaller town, Malone, New York. Never and, heard of it. Uh, me either. Is it named after Sam Malone? Uh, it has to be. Okay. <laughs> So Schultz and his and his cohorts went downtown or went to the town prior to the trial and wined and dined the local community. He donated to local charities and fundraisers, all to boost his public image. I think the man was brilliant there. I mean, it's 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 pretty good. It's kind of like the plot of uh, Batman Returns. So yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're turning people against the the. Uh, well, you're not yeah. turning them against. You're winning them to your side. Yeah, okay, that's fair. But like, they don't go, oh, well, the government's bad. Well, They're just like, that's not when has the government bought me shrimp and lobster? Yeah. I don't like shrimp. Well, yeah, but shrimp one of the, is good. One of the accounts that I found here was that you know the public opinion was they didn't they started to to not no longer trust the prosecution and thought the prosecution itself was unjustly trying this this outstanding hero of society. See, but he wasn't a total genius. Uh, no. You know why? Why? Because if he was a total genius with all that money, would have gone to law school, got a law degree, then ran for DA, bought himself as the prosecutor, and then never had a challenge. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Are you hearing that? No, it makes more sense than this. Like, I'm going to buy the entire city. He, he did, man. Food and dinner and cable television. He also, uh, he also took the mayor to a baseball game. Well, there you go. Can't convict that guy. He likes baseball. No, and the, the results were staggering because he was acquitted of all charges. Again, you can't lose. You took the mayor to baseball. I mean, yeah, exactly. He got mm. to see Lou Gehrig hit the thing before he got a disease named after him. Well, that's awkward. Hey. I mean, it's true. Probably not true. Given not the time, but, not but, true. The, but, no, what's true is he took him to a baseball game. He took him to a baseball game. And the charges were dropped. I mean, so what does that say to the criminal justice system? He, he well, just I, say things, I think it says something to, to, to Schultz because criminals are stupid in this regard, too. Mm-hmm. Especially back in this day. They're like, oh, then the lesson's never. Holy, my nuts were over the fire on that one. Yeah. Whew, barely squeaked by. It's always, as long as I have money, I can get away with anything. It's yeah. like no, you learned the wrong, wrong, the wrong lesson. Exactly. Yeah, it's like if you, it's like a serial killer as a child, and you're like, see, this is hot, and they're like, normal child's like, oh, it's hot. I don't want to touch it. Yeah. Whereas like serial killer kids, like, ooh, it's hot. I bet if I went and killed the neighbor's cat and put them over it, I could eat it. It's like that's not the thought you're supposed to have. You are not normal. And then these guys are always like, so if I have money, I can just break the law, and then all I have to do is buy our entire city dinner. I mean, it's like, that's not a normal thing, bro. Okay, it's true. But at the same time, so I won't I won't say that I think that he learned the uh, a good lesson in this. But I, I think he learned a lesson. He, he learned, learned a lesson. He could buy his way out, yeah. He learned a lesson. But I think that at the same time, 
we should have learned a lesson. We, like as in the district attorney, we, the, the judge, we uh, we should have learned something. Right, but the problem being that they don't have endless resources. True. Like he does. Like he can, they can't take an entire city out to dinner the other way and be like, remember when he bought you Shrek and Lifter? This is Surf and Turf. Shrek and Lifter? Yeah, this is, this is Surf and Turf. We got Surf and Turf for you. Oh, lobster. Here there's even butter. Look at that. I love lobster. Butter. I love lobster. Yeah. However, Mr. Pibb. Yeah. Like it's it's all good. Like yeah. they can't they can't combat that. Okay, and that's and I think that's fair. But what do they I mean, what do they do to challenge that? I mean, nowadays it wouldn't happen. No. You couldn't you couldn't just no matter how rich you are, you couldn't go to a small town and buy everybody everything and, and Oh, I, I think you probably could. I mean you could, but I don't think it would have any impact on your on your case. I think because of things like this, we've learned to like change of venue mm-hmm. in like trial. But you know, like there's the system has evolved. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a direct result of this, but it's definitely a direct result of cases like like this, this right? And I, I definitely yeah. Agree no, I, I get you. The criminal justice system. I mean, if there's one criticism, I'm not going to call it a flaw. There's one criticism I have of the criminal justice system is that it relies on people to have a sense of justice. Right. Like that's that's yeah. the problem is if the person. Can, if the person hearing your case, deciding your fate doesn't have a sense of justice, can be bought, yeah, and thinks that well, the guy can't be bad because he bought me shit, or feels that like somebody breaks the yeah. law, they can do that. You have to have the guys. It's like the cop on his last day that pulls his mom over and gives her a speeding ticket. You have to have people like that. Hmm. You can't. You know, you have to have people that can go. Look, I know X Y Z, but it doesn't outweigh yeah. this. Like, yes. He killed three people and ate two of the bodies. But, but, he also coaches Little League. Yeah. That's not, there's, like, you can do good mm-hmm. and be a bad person. And you can do bad and be a good person. I agree. And uh, I don't think that there's a clear line there. So, I understand it's hard. And I would, wouldn't want to be on the goddamn criminal jury. No. But, it's because of cases like this. Because how do I know the guy next to me isn't, like... Driving a new Cadillac that he got given to him because the guy on trial was like, "Yeah, Schultz, okay, yeah, Schultz them up, Schultz them up, yeah, Schultz them up." That's gonna be the new phrase. Okay, uh, album coming soon. Schultz them up. Uh, so no, and that's a good question. You know, maybe that's a uh, maybe that's a philosophical discussion. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about but, it. But I mean, so what the letter you, of the law versus the spirit of the law. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, no, no, but I'm but saying yeah, that's, that's what question. you're saying. Yeah. But so what happened with Schultz? How did they get back? Because Schultz, Schultz is back on the streets now, yeah, emboldened man. probably, Indeed. as all gangsters are. Yeah. With as long as I have money, and as long as there's steak and lobsters to buy, yeah. I shall reign forever. And you're right, man. And so feeling emboldened from his victory over the criminal justice system, Schultz returned to New York City, only oh, to find out that what? Thomas Dewey, a New York attorney, was preparing new charges against him. What? You don't go back. I mean, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't go back to the city you were just in. Now, but keep in mind... He, he still works for an organization. At this point in time, there was an organization called, uh, and I think we talked about it in an earlier show, called the, the Commission. Yeah. I mean, I, I get all that, but the point, mm-hmm. I'm just, again, I go back to this thing. When you barely squeak by, yeah. you usually don't go back with no preparation and go, guess what? I'm going right back in there. It's like, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. whoa. You, 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 you know, it went to the judge's cards and you won't get knocked down twice. Yeah. It, it, 
calm down. Like, there's there's severely some discrepancies in how you won this because you didn't control those last few rounds at all. Which is a true statement, but in essentially, so what was happening is Thomas Dewey was already preparing a case. Well, that's what I'm him. saying. Like another case, or bring up new charges against him. So how would, I mean, it would have come to him anyway, but I think that he just happened upon the information by coming back to New York City. So it could be argued that he wouldn't have had this information had he not come back to New York. But City. the information doesn't, I mean, the information, I guess, helps you. Anyway, tell the story. Maybe it helps. That's, right, well, I got to know that. I mean, maybe, maybe it does help, but maybe it doesn't. No, no, I know. But just, just finish the story so, so I can judge that. Sounds, my sounds like a plan. So Schultz implored the commission to order a hit on Dewey. And the commission weighed the, the pros and cons and kind of decided... No, they're not going to approve the hit because the resulting heat that would bring that it would bring down on the organization, every member of the of the the commission would be in jeopardy based on that hit that they call on a U.S. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and agree that he should have just what he should have done is got a place out in Ohio, Mm -hmm. moved out there, yeah, bought a dairy farm, spent his days as a dairy farmer. Well, he could have he could have brought some people with him. He has enough money to buy an entire city dinner. I mean, he right. could have bought some some people to run a successful dairy farm. I feel like. I mean, I don't disagree. So uh, that, that, but instead, he went back and decided he just have a man killed. I get that. I mean, that's, that's what his, he wanted. Yeah. His his idea, but again, he just skated by barely on this. Yeah, and now he wants to go back in, still feeling emboldened. Mind you, still feeling emboldened. Well, I know he's emboldened, but like he shouldn't be. Like the basic totally thing agree. is like looking at this. It's just like how. That's my question: is yeah. how are you emboldened? Because I got away with it, yeah. and you're looking at a guy that's like, yeah, totally got away scratch free. He's sitting there scratched up in his yeah. drawers, yeah. one shoe on, yeah, hair messed up. He's like, didn't even touch me. Yeah, it's like uh, I think you might have got more than you bargained uh, for, but yeah. So Schultz effectively says, fuck that noise, and says that he is going through with the hit with or without the commission's permission. <laughs> That's even better. Um, yeah. so, now the shoeless guy with, with the pillow over his truck goes, give me a ride. And you're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a ride. Yeah. And then he's like, over to that motherfucker's house. And you're like, no, no, we're going to go this way. And he's like, okay. And then the moment you're not looking, he like Grand Theft Auto, you kick, pushes you out of the car yeah. and drives the wheel. Now I'm driving. It's like Dutch, calm down. I mean, calm he should have calmed down. He should have calmed down because now it's important to mention that the commission was a crime syndicate that was made up of many crime bosses as a way to organize the right. The, the no, crime that's what it, it's, it's the top men. Yeah, top men right. meet together right. and go. Look, we're all. We may not be friends. We may not be allies. We may not. Always respect each other totally, but look, we're in the same business. Yeah. What you do affects me. What I do affects you. We should at least have a way of compromising that makes sense, that isn't war on the streets. Right. That isn't just shooting each other. Look, isn't it easier for us to, to decide and divest ourselves of interest and problems here? Yeah. And figure out what works and what doesn't work and to try and control everything as a unit. Because obviously there are, there are going to be universal things like cops that are yeah. bad for all of us. We should work, put our efforts all together instead of one by one trying to do stuff. We should do it all together. Exactly. And so to go against this is pretty much not only him saying that he's going to do what he wants to do. It's that he knows better yeah. than all the bosses on the commission. 
Because the commission is the the police of the policeless, the law for the lawless. You know, that's kind of the way I think of the the commission. I mean, sure. I, I, <laughs> I always thought that was the renegade. Well, or Lucy Lawless's husband. I don't know the law for the lawless. Come on, I love Lucy Lawless. I, 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 I know, but was his name Law? No. Man. Then how's it Law for the lawless? Stop. <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas was the renegade. Him that's and Billy true. Six Killer brought justice. And in law to the law. I remember that show came on at the same time as Highlander. Well, no, not the same time. The same channel. Highlander came on first, and then the Renegade. Yeah, but it had that whack ass Duncan McCloud, not the real Highlander. Duncan McCloud, Duncan McCloud from the Clan McCloud, is also a Highlander. I get it. He's also a Highlander. He's also the one that's still alive, and he was good friends with Connor. They are they are family. Mm-hmm. They're clansmen. Yeah. They are clansmen. I'm, I'm aware. Sir. Oh, okay. Well, well, I was in the Watchers. I was in the fan club. I'm just saying the movies oh, are superior. Awkward. All right. So. Yeah. So thanks to Schultz's defiance, <laughs> the commission ordered that a hit be taken out on him instead of doing. Wonderful. I mean, yeah, exactly. So we have a Mexican standoff um, with Hitman. Because <laughs> it wasn't complicated enough. Right. Exactly. Wonderful. The commission's hit squad, a team called Murder, Inc., were called in to complete it. The hit went down on October 23rd, 1935. Dutch Schultz, Otto Berman, Abe Landau, and Bernard Lulu Rosencrantz were caught slipping in the Palace Chop House in New York, or excuse me, in Newark, New Jersey. Charlie the Bug Workman and Emmanuel Mindy Weiss guys, completed the assassination. Guys. Yeah. Y'all got to get better names. No joke. You got you got Dutch Schultz, whose real name is just horrible. It sounds like somebody got caught by the police and just made up, yeah, um, made up a name. And then his his nickname isn't even a nickname; it's somebody else's name. Uh, you got Otto. The I sound like I was at Buchenwald Bourbon. No, he has a nickname too. Uh, I know, but he sounds like he was an SS guard. <laughs> yeah, kind of good. Okay. Abe Landau. That's the only guy with a semi-regular name, and he sounds like a, a silent movie star. Yeah, he did. And then Bernard Rosencrantz. That's a good name. I actually like that one. But then he messed it up because he went with Lulu. Uh, you know, but a lot of nickname, nicknames, you don't pick your own nickname. I know you don't you. pick your own nickname, but here's the deal. If someone says, you have to fight Lulu. I'm doing a lot right. of that. And some people have good names for these things. Yeah. Like, I won't tell you how long I didn't believe that uh, Tyson Fury's name wasn't that, real. That Oh, man. That is a good name, though. <laughs> exactly. Like really You're going to be a boxer. And, and then Charlie the Bug. The Bug is kind of a scary name. I mean, I, I guess. Like, you could be a supervillain with that name. Uh, he probably was a supervillain at some point. In time. I, don't, I don't know. And Mindy Weiss. I would even take up Emmanuel. Like, you think Emmanuel would be the part you want to keep as a dude? Mindy Weiss. Mindy Weiss sounds scary as shit. I mean, kind of. Like, for a hitman? Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. That does sound scary. So, they, they assassinated him. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I assume they lit. It's two guys, and they lit up, like, this whole place. So I assume it was not a gentle. So, it was at the, is it, well, Schultz was shot in the bathroom. Wait a minute, was it in his own house? Or no, no, it was no, the chop no, house. It was a chop house. It was a chop house. So I heard you say that. Sorry. Right. Schultz took some shots in the bathroom. So um, was it, he was just in the bathroom. Well, 
you know, and that's, or did he run to the bathroom like I can hide in there because porcelain's bulletproof? No, I think that what happened is he ran. So he does leave the bathroom and goes to a table where he ends up like laying face down at the table. But he was in a in a bathroom oh, is where he got hit. Yeah. So they did. They they found him in the bathroom, or he was in the bathroom when the hit went down. I'm just trying to understand. He was in the bathroom when the hit went down. Oh man! So I mean, he made it out of the bathroom, made it to the table. I'm gonna I'm gonna just imagine him as like a super gangster. Yeah. Right now. Well, because he didn't want to die in the bathroom. Well, yeah, and he didn't want to Elvis himself. I understand this. What I'm saying is that I just imagine he was such a gangster like Gus Fringe. Did you ever watch uh, Breaking Bad? No, I hate that series, actually. Oh, man. I I didn't like it. He has a a, a super gangster death, Gus. Uh Uh-huh. I imagine this dude... And like the same kind of deal. Like he, like you see, you see like bullet flying to the stall, and like you're like, oh god, is he dead? And then you hear some noises. And you're like, wait a minute, is he dead or is he alive? Yeah. What's going on? Like if it's a movie, you know. And then he gets out of the stall, washes his hands and stuff. And you're like, oh, he's okay. And then but then you see a little bit of blood in the sink, and you're like, Shh, did he just get hit? Did he die? Did he? What yeah. happened? And then he sits down and he like adjusts his tie and stuff. And then he just slumps over, and you see there's a bullet hole like in his head, Ooh. just like gone. Ooh. <laughs> no, Ooh. I'm just saying, like I imagine him as a super gangster, like, that like he's like, I'm not gonna die in the toilet. That would be some epic stuff, right? It there. would be. But I mean, the moral of the story here is, if you work for the syndicate, or excuse me, if you work for the commission, you kind of gotta go with what they say. Yeah, or if you're in New York, you just kind of, even if you're as big as Dutch Schultz. Yeah, because was Schultz on the commission? He probably was. Yeah, yeah, he was on the yeah, commission. I'm gonna say so. Yeah, because him and uh, Lucky Luciano were were uh, rivals. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all pretty much rivals. It's Correct, but I mean, at the, they're rivals to the point where you, look, if you got that many people that are who are bosses who are rivals, they have to be on the commission. Right? No, no, I'm just saying. But uh, the commission said no to to his decision. And he was going to do it anyway. He smarted off and said he was going to do it anyway. Had he just shut his mouth and not said anything and, and then just did it, I wonder if he really would have had any any replications. Uh, probably. They, they would have known it was him. But you, here's the thing. If you don't announce your plans, that's always – step one of your plan should always be do not announce your plan. Right. <laughs> Surprise punch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, for, for that reason. For that reason. You know – I just feel like if he'd gone with my plan for mm-hmm. the dairy farm, yeah, he could have still ordered the hit. He could have. And then if they come out here, he could have been just like, I'm a simple dairy farm. Exactly. I don't know what's going on in New York. It's like, it was successful. Boys, get the car. <laughs> like, we're going back. We're going home. <laughs> right. Exactly. What about the cows? Put them in the trunk. Put them in the trunk. <laughs> we'll have steaks. We're buying the whole city steaks. Hell yeah, exactly. Dairy cow steaks. That's what you want. Okay. Uh, not, not even. No. All right. But yeah, so that that's kind of what you know. That's kind of the history of Dutch Schultz and you know his his untimely demise. Yeah. So, so he he just got shot up to death. Yeah, he did. It was wow. kind of sad. Now the interesting thing is, and I guess we're moving into some fast facts right now. I'm okay. Cover is he didn't die right away from his wounds. Oh, so he he did live. So like they. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. He lived. Uh, he lasted about twenty two hours afterwards. Oh. Yeah. He made it to the hospital. They gave him some booze because they didn't have any painkillers. Gave him a lot of booze until they got him back to the hospital and they did some, you know, they operated on him, got the bullets out. <laughs> Another interesting fact, the bullets that were used in the hit on Schultz were rusted. So had he survived, because they actually thought he was going to survive, 
because he was starting to recover and whatnot. But had he survived, he would have died from a blood infection because uh, the bullets were rusted. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. It's pretty rough. And prior to his death, he uttered some strange last words that are still analyzed today. A boy has wept, or excuse me, a boy has never wept, nor dashed a thousand kin. You can play jacks, and girls do that with a softball and do tricks with it. Oh, oh, dog biscuit. And when he is happy, he doesn't get snappy. Not really sure what in the world any of that means. I think that's the result of bullets and blood poisoning. Yeah, but people are analyzing this like there's actually some some sort of message hidden within there. It's a treasure map. Yeah. There's a thousand cask of whiskey to whoever can figure it out. Maybe. I wouldn't put it past the guy. Why? Was he also a part pirate? Um, maybe. Uh, well, that is an interesting story. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It is very interesting. You know, Dutch Schultz kind of opened my eyes to some things that... You know, a lot of the gangsters, that we, or some of the gangsters we covered, have this whole grandiose idea of that they can be, they can be this opposing figure, and they can still live a lifestyle of, of extravagance. Right? They want to live in two worlds. Exactly. Like they they view it as a job. Mm-hmm. Like they clock in, they clock out. Yeah. But you never clock out of being a gangster. Right. But I mean, like you were saying, a lot of the figures do. There seems to be two types, and. I don't know. There may be more. Mm-hmm. But from what we've seen so far and what we've researched so far, I've seen the one type where it's like, I'm a gangster. You know, somebody like uh, Nelson. Yeah. Who is 24-7, Charlie Berger, 24-7. Right. And then you have other people like Bugsy, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. There's people where when they do things, they also are like, okay, but now it's family time. Right. And it's such a weird dichotomy of like you. I think it would be fine if it wasn't this environment because you you have to have a healthy work life balance. And if you don't, you end up with things like like you know divorce. Right, but it's the whole <laughs> if you love your job thing too. With like Nelson, yeah, I like he loved his job. It's true. So uh, if you if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. So there's two there's yeah. two there's two philosophies I see at battle here. Yeah. But I also don't think that crime's probably one that you should apply these to because they're not. Normal. Yeah, I mean, I. But what I'm. What my point is, uh, it's so weird to see these guys that want to be able to punch a clock. Yeah. Like they think that like that we they've organized crime so well that it technically shouldn't be illegal, and somehow in their mind, they forget like today they forget that it's actually illegal uh, yeah. and that they've done crimes and they're not just getting away with things. Mm-hmm. So they're like, but if I went and did this. Yeah. I could just pay money and get away with it. So I wonder if they put the same type of energy into into like an actual professional legal enterprise if they could have the same type of success. I think there's some I think success. there's some people that could and some people that couldn't. I think yeah. it goes back to that one. The guys that wanna punch a clock, that wanna leave, that wanna do things like that. I think the problem is this. It's easy money. Mm-hmm. Like Bugsy Se- Bugsy Siegel. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's easy because you don't you don't have any regulations, you don't have any laws, you don't have anybody but breathing the risks. In. But the risk of the risk is you can buy your way out of it. Like that's the thing. Once you make it to their level, yeah, you buy your way out of it. It's not like same thing goes with Nucky. Yeah. Like you buy your way out of it, you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh but that falls down because the risk isn't so much being caught and being that they never see that 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 risk is always in the mind. You know what I mean? The cops. Yeah. 
But I think the more risk is like not yet. What happens when the market changes or what happens when a new board takes over like happened here? Yeah. What happens when the competition wins? Like a lot of gangsters aren't prepared for that. They're prepared to be on the top. That's weird. It's weird to me. Is weird. This is a, this is another great example though of seeing that where you know he was going to be on top and he he was the boss yeah. and he didn't play well with others. And so that's that's kind of weird because the commission's sole purpose was to get along with others and make things happen. Right. So like, I like, mean, we'll, we'll see many toes. times that doesn't. I mean, uh, that's true. that's why people still get killed. Yeah. I mean, this would have been the end of gang violence if that worked. But the problem is that people still want to do what they want to do. Compromise requires two people agreeing yeah. to certain losses. True. Some people don't want losses. And, and I agree. You know, I, I agree with that. It's just, it's unfortunate for a couple of reasons. It's unfortunate that one is crime. But it's unfortunate also because, in theory, it seems the, the commission or an idea, an enterprise or an entity rather like that, seems like a great idea. Like it would keep uh, it would keep the peace in in the criming world. Like you can have you can make everybody's making money. There's a fundamental flaw though. Okay, and which is you're expecting guys who make a living breaking the law to follow a new law. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair point. But there, well, so the mob has their own their own code of ethics, you right. know. You know that they're they're a family, and they police themselves. So in a sense, you have you have these folks who are who are bound by certain honor, certain certain. But that's the of, thing is that it all re- resides all law, yeah. honor codes, whatever rules, rely on enforcement and compliance. Mm-hmm. If somebody does not do one or the other, they're useless. So if somebody doesn't want to follow the law, you have to make them. Right. If no one is there to make them and no one is there to comply, it's no rule, it's anarchy. So the problem is these guys, you're taking people who have already shown disregard for both these institutions and saying, okay, we're building a different one. Yeah. Play with that. I could see that. I mean, but I I could also see it working too. I mean, with the right level, with the right structure. With the right, uh, I mean, but how do you? How do you? My 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 point is, it's just like the law that we have in society. Yeah, it's there's no difference, or the law like we were talking about in NBA games or boxing or anything. If they're not, if if you say don't do this and the guy keeps doing it, you have to enforce it. You can't make that person not. That's always going to be the flaw. Right. That's always going to be like no matter how good of a system you build. Yeah, you're compliance gonna to, is going to be a requirement for it. Right. And so I guess the enforcement piece is... is I, becomes more important. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that that's the way it is, yeah. but that's human nature. Like, jaywalking is a crime. It is. Okay. But how many times have you looked down and been like, I need to go to that store? Right. Especially downtown. When they're like, there's construction everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's not even a sidewalk. When I cross the sidewalk, I have to walk in the street because there's a gate. Right. I'm just you're gonna walk across the street. You don't even think about it. It's a good good point. I mean, so I mean, the, the, it's just this whole thing of like, how do you make a system where you people have to go down there? And if you want to live in a police state, that's fine because then you end up with well, the simple way is you just put walls on it so you can't jaywalk, and the only place you can cross is here. here. Yeah, and I don't I don't want that. And I don't think these gangsters definitely don't want that. They're not no. doing that. They'll blow up the crosswalk. You're probably right. <laughs> oh no. It's an interesting dichotomy. This world of crime, yeah. looking into it, the many insights we see into the mind of gangsters. Indeed.
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Not Historians. want to also give a shout out to Ray Walden Jr. We appreciate you, as always. Thank you for being a fan and a loyal supporter of the show. Ray is a supporter. He supports us on Patreon. You can, too. You can go to patreon.com slash nothistorians. Check out all the fancy levels of prizes and uh, rewards we have. Indeed. And uh, also get some news updates occasionally and be part of chats that we hold monthly or attempt to hold monthly. We have them about every five weeks. We'll be honest. But it's usually a good talk. Uh, Right now, it's usually... Us and one person, but it's uh, going to expand soon because yeah. we're trying to have maybe two, but we don't know. It's hard well, as the recording schedule changes. Right. That'll change. Um, also, if you like the show, you can rate us, review us on whatever you're listening to, whether it's Stitcher, Google, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, I guess. Now, still kind of have trouble with that. And if you have any ideas for shows or comments, always, always, always let us know. You can reach us at Not Historians. At gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook Facebook. at Not Historians. Mm -hmm. We are around. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.